um, the 8th through the 18th of March. We leave on the 8th. Yeah. Yeah. But let me knock this out. And uh, yeah, all right. LL Nation, what's good? I'm trying to handle some business. Let me put this jacket on because if I don't, the white balance from the camera will keep acting crazy with the iris. I'm trying to balance itself. If I keep this white tee on. Lucky Lefty Podcast, what's good with it? SD2 mics. All right, that's a little bit better. Give it a little color. Man, just had to make a run. Uh, prayers brought to you featuring Anora Whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's the premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Check in with us, special Saturday show. IBLL joining up. We'll be doing another Saturday show with Brian Driscoll tomorrow. I think we're going to be debating some things about the offense, Tommy Reese, and the 2023 recruiting class. I think it's tomorrow at noon, but I'm sure he's going to make that. Uh, as I said in the chat, prayers up to the family. I'm waiting for uh, Malik to hit me back. Um, just some difficult times, man. He's been dealing with the last two weeks family-wise, and personally. So keep them in your prayers. I want to make sure I came on to let you guys know what was going on. I'm going to sit down and have a discussion with them this weekend to determine uh, uh, to determine whether or not he's going to step away for a short time. And because it's tough, because every day, basically every day, you know, like I said, it's been tough for him for the last three weeks. Every day he steps away and he wants to do the shows and he'll, you know, man, let's do it. I'm good tomorrow. Something else happens and then, you know, something a little bit more tragic hits today. And it's like, you know, we all have those times in our lives, man, where things get really, really, really difficult. And uh, as a brother, you know, I had to impress upon him, like, dude, this podcast is like not at the top of the priority list. It's just, it's just not. It's really something that we do. It's very therapeutic for us. I don't know if you guys know that. It's very therapeutic for us to be able to talk about something we love, which is Notre Dame football and sports in general and then to be able to share with you guys and to have a group of fans and followers and listeners as great as you are that have uh, caused us to have success with this platform uh, it just becomes one big family one big family and i just wanted to make sure that i jumped on i even myself had to run out to my father's house and, and take care of something for him and my mom. And I'm literally walking right back in the house. I walked through the door and was on the phone with one of my guys trying to handle something 
on the East Coast and was ending that phone call as I hit the star broadcast button. So, but we are here. We are here. So uh, just to let you guys know, I'm going to sit down, talk to Malik this weekend and really find out, you know, how much time like because we have uh, friends of the program like Cam McDaniel, uh, Dexter Williams, uh, been talking to him. Like we have people that will come on, guest co-hosts, and we can rock out, continue to do what we have to do as a platform. But ultimately, we got to make sure, I got to make sure that my brother's okay. That's the most important thing. So in the coming weeks, like if I don't announce that we're having a show, more than likely we won't have a show. But I anticipate having a show every day. Even if I have to do a solo, man, I'm bringing content every day, giving you the biz. Featuring and brought to you by Anora Whiskey. Don't forget, AnoraWhiskey.com. It's that premium American whiskey, AnoraWhiskey.com. Today is For the Culture Friday. It's a great day. We already had the topics we were going to talk about. And let's get into it. I can't promise how long I'll be on, but I want to give you guys some content. Like I said, we have that mixed show with Irish Breakdown tomorrow. Myself, Brian Driscoll, starting around 12, 1230 Central Time. And going to have some hot topics. Definitely going to have some hot topics. I see D, my girl DBZ in the house. She asked me a question earlier this week. I think it was yesterday about um, the best two songs. So, DBZ, I'm going to steal your question. I'm going to use it for For the Culture Friday. Give me the best two songs off of Illmatic. The best two songs off of Illmatic. Let me know. Let me know. And if you haven't listened to Illmatic, give me the best two songs off of your favorite album. Your all-time favorite album. Give me the best two songs. So we had Cam McDaniel on yesterday. And if I'm not mistaken, Cam McDaniel was talking about the spring. And he was also talking about how important spring, for from his standpoint, how important spring football always was for quarterbacks and I always found that very interesting and the fact that he made that statement but he always said it was more important for the quarterbacks because it seemed like they got more time more training to work and to figure out what they're going to do when we think about this no incumbent Tyler Buckner and Drew Pine my question to you LL Nation would you be disappointed and what would be your comfort level with the team if Drew Pine actually won the starting job? I just felt like I needed to ask that question. If it came, if Marcus Freeman came to the podium a week before the Ohio State game and said, Drew Pine is our starting quarterback, how would you feel about the season? Would your excitement for the season dwindle a little bit? Would it be the same? Like, let me know. I'm very interested because, you know, if you are recruited to Notre Dame, more than likely you were 
really, really good in high school. Like, even if you're not a Dante Moore type or a Bazina type or a Rashada type, Nico Iamaliva type, Arch Manning type, if you got a scholarship offer from Notre Dame, you were pretty good. If you go look at Drew Pine and his numbers in high school from Connecticut and what he was able to do, man, darn good quarterback. Like Tommy Reese got an offer to come to Notre Dame, unheralded, but he was killing in Lake Forest here in the state of Illinois in high school football. And right now he's your offensive coordinator and ended up being a pretty good college quarterback. Not national championship level, but he did well for himself. So, man, let's see. Michael, BB, excitement with Dwindle if Pine is a starter. Okay, that's fair. Logan Lawrence, run the damn ball. <laughs> I anticipate Notre Dame doing that anyway, trying to control the clock and run the ball and be efficient in the passing game, especially against Ohio State. MW Jr., I'm going to cheer for Notre Dame no matter what, but I would have to temper my expectations based on what I was expecting. Okay. Garland Doxie, one love was always dope. All right. One love from Illmatic. Thank you for that. Bronx ND fan, if Drew wins the job, that means he's spinning it better to the wide receivers. I trust the coaches to make the right decision. That's a good point of view. Joe Eli, always like DP. I trust the coaches, either good for me. Roll your fingers. If Drew Pine wins, then he must be the man for the job. And Andre Neely, that might be a better look for Michael Mayer. Black Rush, I'm not sold on Tyler. We got to see him throw the ball. And, and the reason I asked this question is overall as a team, and what I was watching, I've seen Alabama win with mediocre quarterbacks. I've seen them win with really good quarterbacks. I guess out of all the quarterbacks that have come through Alabama, the best quarterback might be going to the next level, literally might be Mac Jones. And Mac Jones on the NFL level to me is game manager right now, just because of some of his limited physical tools. And I thought about Drew Pine and I thought about the fact that he is really well liked. And Cam McDaniel talked about the importance of being able to the importance of being able to let's see if I have it here. Oh, that's something else I want to share from him later. The recruiting strategy. But basically, if you watch yesterday's podcast, Cam McDaniel was talking about what he wants to see from Tyler Buckner is his ability to galvanize the locker room. And if he doesn't have that ability or if he can't grab hold and, and, and kind of 
become that. He mentioned that's who Malik was in the locker room. He was very galvanizing, and everybody kind of, everyone was drawn to Malik. It's kind of different with Deshaun. Deshaun had the physical tools to really throw the ball, but he really couldn't lead and galvanize and draw others to him like Malik could in that locker room. And I think Drew Pine has that ability, and we don't know if Tyler Buckner really has that ability. We know he has the ability to impact the game multiple ways. And I've said this from the jump from Notre Dame fans, and I want you guys to like temper your expectations. I think you're being unfair if you think he's trash. I think you're being unfair if you think he's just about to come out and just go gangbusters, right? Don't expect him to come out and go throw for throw with C.J. Stroud. C.J. Stroud has had a full year under Ryan Day in that system and that offense. He has multiple weapons around him in the passing game. And you allow him to do his thing. I think Jim Harbaugh in Michigan gave the perfect blueprint on how to have an opportunity to really beat Ohio State. And that's just line up and hit him in the mouth. Line up, hit them in the mouth, play really good defense, and forced him to work the field to score points. Don't give up the big play. Force them to be methodical. They'll make mistakes. And on offense, you pound the ball, keep the ball away from them, and put points on the board. Good formula. Can that formula work with both quarterbacks? I think so. I, I really do. I think so. I think Drew Pine and Tyler Butler can both do that. And I don't think I want Tyler Buckner going into the horseshoe throwing the ball 45 times his first time as a starter. If Tyler Buckner throws the ball 45 times, minimum one interception. Minimum one interception. So you have to have that efficiency in the offense and you have to have that balance. So I wouldn't be shocked. I wouldn't be shocked if Drew Pine was named the starter, but it's not exactly the thing that I want long-term for Notre Dame. Because we talked about this. In order to change the narrative of that quarterback room, you need Tyler Buckner to develop. You need him to be developed. Now, Irish Breakdown, Brian Driscoll wrote a really good article talking about what Tommy Reese is going to look to do with the offense. And if Tommy is indeed based upon the article, if he does lean towards pro-style West Coast precision, walking in the shoes of guys like Steve Sarkeesian and what he was able to bring to the table as the OC at Alabama, if if that is the path that Tommy takes, then Dante Moore is a must-get. Dante Moore is a must-get because I'm not sure. I'm sure it's up to him whether or not Tyler Buckner flourishes in that system, but Dante Moore would be the perfect fit. And then the year after him, Jaden Davis would be an even more perfect fit from the 2024 class. And if that's the case, then I understand why Notre Dame decided to back up off of Nico Iamaliva just a little bit because Nico is more of a spread tempo offense quarterback. He's not really precision like Dante Moore. 
a lot of people have been asking about Vizina and Dante Moore. If Vizina wants to commit, do you go ahead and tell him to wait? Or you wait on Dante Moore, just forget Vizina? Tough deal? Man, look, at this point, I would take them both. Because I, I love both of them. But it's no doubt that Dante is the number one quarterback on their board from a recruiting standpoint. And if indeed Tommy is going to build this offense along those lines, then that's the guy you go get as your quarterback. I said, um, I see, I see comments in the chat. I think we, we got to relax. We got to relax. Like kids are still getting offers. Kids are going to be visiting other schools. And I'm not mad at them. Like if I get five visits, we had Coach Reed on from 247 Sports, who was the recruiting coordinator over there for 247. He was on the podcast. And he said he encourages all of his players, or he encouraged all of his players when he was the coach at Jesuit in St. Louis, the school where 2023 defensive back Christian Gray, that's his former coach who's now with 247 Sports. I encouraged all my players to take all their visits in the spring and the fall. That's what they're there for. Enjoy every part of the process. And so, hey, I don't mind him. I don't mind Dante Moore visiting. He's already been to Michigan. The local kid, Detroit kid. He's been to Notre Dame multiple times. He's been to Michigan multiple times. He's been to Michigan State, right? He got an invitation to go to a seven-on-seven camp in Miami. He did that. He visited Miami's campus. Heck, he got another invitation to go down there for another camp, and he's going to visit Florida. Like, it's par for the course. Par for the course. Carnell Tate came up here for a seven-on-seven here in Chicago for the Midwest. And, you know, went to another school down I-57. I don't think they have a, a chance in hell at getting Cardell Tate, but he was here. Had the opportunity, went ahead, checked it out. You know, he went to Tennessee. Well, guess what? Tennessee just lost their wide receiver coach, the guy that was recruiting him. So now Tennessee is out the picture or they fall back. This is the ebb and flow of recruiting. And Dante Moore is not committed. Like if it was a committed player and he was taking visits, I, man, have a problem with that. Definitely have a problem with that. But other than that, uh, yo, You visit as many schools as you can. You do your due diligence. You just do your due diligence. And him being very close with his father, they're going to do that. Me and Brian Driscoll, we differ on the timing of the commitment. I know Brian, maybe we'll talk about that tomorrow as well. He feels like because of the importance of Dante Moore to whatever class he commits to or whatever program he commits to, he feels like he's going to commit sometime early spring. I think he says somewhere around June. And that's very interesting to me because based upon the schools 
that are at the top of his list and the best relationships. If I if I were his dad, I probably wouldn't commit until like the early fall, maybe like right before the first game. I would probably hold out until like August, September. And I probably would watch the offenses of the teams that I'm interested in for the first two or three weeks. That's what I would do. That's what I would do. Because the truth of the matter is most of your top guys won't commit. They're going to take visits in the fall. Like your top, your five stars, your top 50, top 100 guys, they're going to do the early signing period is December. But most of them are going to take visits September, October, and then commit in December. Some might commit a little bit earlier. But that pocket right there from August through October is, I think, when things are really, really heat up. And this is not anything that I know. This is just me thinking about Michigan State, Michigan, Notre Dame, I guess Miami, Florida would, would got us down there now. Like, there is no team that's really at the top of his list that is like solid. Like we've been doing this for five years. Our quarterbacks have gone to the NFL. Now granted, <laughs> Tommy Reese can probably say, yo, I have two quarterbacks that have been drafted to the NFL. Cause Jack Cohn more than likely is gonna be drafted, right? <laughs> but it's not like he has studs in the NFL, right? Big time players at quarterback in the NFL. So if I'm Dante Moore's father, I'm like, you know what? I want to see this offense and what it's going to look like without Brian Kelly. Let me watch this game at the horseshoe. Like, I really like Notre Dame. Really don't care whether or not they win or they lose. Because I believe I'm going to Notre Dame to be the difference in these types of games. So I don't need to see Notre Dame beat Ohio State. I need to see what Tommy Reese is going to do from a scheme standpoint. How do I fit? You know, and that's where we differ. And, you know, I'm not his dad, so I don't know what him and his dad are thinking. But that's something I will watch. Great relationship with Tommy Reese. I can go to the practices during the spring. I can go to the blue and gold game. But at the end of the day, I need to see it with live bullets. I need to see how you're going to call this game and how you're going to fit this offense around the quarterbacks that you have and how I see myself in this offense. But, you know, he might commit earlier. It might be June, July. But, you know, if I was his father, I would probably hold out a little bit to September, make you guys sweat a little bit, <laughs> even though I like Notre Dame. Let's see. Uh, yeah, like Keon Keeley. I think I said that. I actually said on our podcast that Keon Keeley is solid. He's one of the biggest recruiters for the 23 class. And I said, in my opinion, Brendan Vernon would decommit before Keon Keeley. Someone jumped in my inbox and Twitter from Brennan Vernon's people and was like, yo, 
Brennan's not going anywhere. And I had to explain to them, like, yo, I didn't say Brennan was going anywhere. What I said was, if I had to put money based upon what I know on which one would decommit, I will put my money on Keon because of the work he's putting in recruiting the 2023 class. And they were like, oh, okay. And once we clarified that, they were like, cool. So I don't think either one of them are leaving the class. They're going to be on that defensive line, and they're going to be a great help, a great help to the class. I'm sorry, man. Recruit just hit me right quick. Let me text him back. There's an actual Indiana kid that I'm writing a story on. So, yeah, this is constant, man. This is one of the blessings of what I do, wireless breakdowns, just constantly being in contact with these recruits. This kid, a D lineman from the Indiana area, man, he loves Notre Dame, loves Notre Dame. Uh, Keith Sampson Jr., someone that Notre Dame jumped on when Al Washington came in because he recruited him at Ohio State, cut his list down to five. Notre Dame didn't make the list, so they have to move off of him. And I think this young man might want be one of the next – D lineman to uh, come up. He'll be at the blue and gold game. He's confirmed that. Um, you guys, thank you for allowing me to communicate with him. I didn't want to let time go by. Just trying to get some quotes from him. So, yeah, man. For me, you know, that's that's the way I feel about Dante Moore. Like, I would hang back and not commit because I would want to see what's going on with the offense on the Tommy Reeves. But, hey, if he, hey, it's, it's better for Notre Dame if he commits in June. If he commits in June, then we can go on a roll. We can get Carnell, uh, Rodney Gallagher, uh, a lot of other players. And right now, I think they talked about this on the mailbag today. Running backs, that running back room is like, so that picture they took at Ruth Chris last night with uh, Jerome Bettis and Dylan McCullough was pretty dope. And you look at that left side of the table and there was Logan Diggs, Aldrich Estimate, and Chris Tyree. And I was like, got dog and Jadorian Price too. Jadarian Price. I was like, okay, I'm cool with this running back room. Like, I am very happy with this running rack room. I'm very happy. And the one thing we wanted to point out, this is where we find out how good of a closer Marcus Freeman is. Like, all of a sudden, we've been saying it on this podcast for months that Dante Moore and Notre Dame had a really good relationship. And we gave kudos to Tommy Reese for being uh, the the point man on that relationship. Now you see Dante Moore, his interview with on three sports saying Marcus Freeman, that's my guy. I talk to him all the time. Several recruits have come out and said similar things. I did a story about Charles Jackasaw, who just won a state championship, won a division in the state of Illinois, uh, pinned all four of his opponents in the state tournament. Did so within uh, – in the finals, he actually had to go to the third uh, quarter 
to win that match, but the previous matches he pinned all three of his opponents under 50 seconds. Just amazing. It's raw, athletic, super talented, great kid, comes from a great community. And when you think about it, man, he's a great, great fit. And I wrote a story about him, and he loves Harry Heastan. Loves Harry Heastan. You think about Malik Elzey, kid from Simeon, great wide receiver. Number one receiver in the state of Illinois. I think he ranks as the fourth best player in the state of Illinois. Charles Jackson will be number one. And he'll be at the Blue and Gold game. And talking to him this weekend and following up on some earlier communication I had with him, it's going to really be a battle between Notre Dame and Illinois. I have to give a shout-out to Brett Bielema. He's really selling the guy, the uh, athletes in the state of Illinois on coming off. It's funny because he's really connecting it to Io DeSumo and the decision he made to bypass going to Duke, Michigan, Michigan State to come to Illinois and help rebuild the basketball program. So they're taking that, and Brett Bielema is saying, yo, you can do what Io did for the basketball program, for this football program. And he's really hitting it hard in the state of Illinois and selling that mantra across the entire state. So for a kid like Malik Elzey, you know, be honest, it's hitting home. Um, but he loves Notre Dame. He loved both times he went to Notre Dame. He loves Coach Freeman. He's just getting the opportunity to really lock in with Chancey Stuckey. So now we have to see the impact of that relationship with Chancey Stuckey and how it plays out. But for him, there are a lot of guys that he's played seven on seven with the past two years. He visited Illinois with them at the same time. And that mantra really has him thinking. So before he went on that trip, I would say that Notre Dame was ahead. Uh, Illinois closed the gap. And of course you can't compare. There's no comparison between the programs, Notre Dame, Illinois. So it has to be something in the heart to really kind of even it up. And Brad Bieland was doing a great job of trying to make that happen. They had no shot at Jagasaw, and they knew that early. So they're not even trying to get Jagasaw. Jagasaw really honestly comes down to Notre Dame and Arkansas. Notre Dame and Arkansas right now. I was lurking in the background. They were lurking around because I was a great wrestling program. They were lurking anytime he had a match, especially at the state finals. They were there. So that's just a little bit of an update on some of those guys. Let's get some more to some more of your content. Anthony Solomon, best wishes to Malik and his family. Sean, you're doing a great job flying solo. Appreciate it. Um, let's see. Next week on Tuesday, I will have Kenneth Davis who is an NFL expert from NBC Sports. He's going to come on to preview the combine with me. So he'll be co-hosting with me one day next week. I think it's going to be Tuesday or Wednesday. I'm going to have him on Lucky Lefty Podcast, and we're going to talk about all the Notre Dame players for this year, and then we're going to talk about Notre Dame players and where they fit into the draft in 2023 as well. And then overall – what we're expecting from the combine. So it's going to be a very good show. Good friend of mine. We share the same last name. So they call us the Davis brothers here in the area. We'll have them on next week to talk a little bit about 
the combine and the prospects of the Notre Dame players in this year's draft. David Jones, where can we see that photo? Which photo? I'm sorry, I'm talking. I'm, I'm in. Which photo are you talking about? That photo. What's I talking about? I forgot just that fast. Yeah, I saw that Colin Park on three. Did give Charles Jagasaw his fifth start. His fifth star. He should have had that. Yeah, he is a beast. Jay, thanks for tapping in, my man. I think 23 running back Jaden Lamar will be in D if Dylan wants him. Lots of Kyron comparisons. Let's see. O-line you, no doubt. Oh, you talking about the photo with them at Roof Chris? Um, where did I see it? I forget whose Twitter feed it was, but I know if you go to Dylan McCullough's. Twitter page, he retweeted it. So it's definitely on his page. Go to Dylan McCullough's Twitter page and you should be able to see it. I agree, Andre Neely. I wrote an article about that, how Tommy Reese being a Chicago area kid is leading the charge to take control of Chicago once again for Notre Dame and uh, have to do that because there's too much talent out of Chicago ending up at North Carolina with Sebastian Cheeks. Uh, wide receivers ending up at Ohio State out of the city. Like, we just – we can't have that. Can't have it. Lose a kid uh, to Michigan, A.J. Henning, out of the area, who's a difference maker. We have to continue to eliminate those type of players bypassing Notre Dame. Yeah, I see you guys. Yeah. Like I said, Dylan McCullough, he retweeted it, so you should be able to see it on his Twitter page. You definitely should be able to see it on his Twitter page. So let's get to it, man. Um, let me play this clip. Let me play this clip. This is from yesterday's show, if you guys missed it. It is the importance of recruiting and what Marcus Freeman is doing. Cam McDaniel was, man, just totally pleased with what he's seen from uh, Marcus Freeman and what he's been doing. And let's see if I can get it to come up. And he just loves the way they've attacked the state of Texas from a recruiting standpoint. And Cam is from the state of Texas. If you missed that episode, go watch a great episode. He told a great story about um, playing with and knowing Johnny Manziel uh, before he became Heisman winner at Texas A&M. And he was a two-star, eventually got upgraded to a three-star. But Cam McDaniel told a great story about the legacy that Marcus Freeman is starting with former players, connecting them with the coaches and the current players, and how that can parlay into Notre Dame having a very, very special recruiting uh, advantage, especially down in the state of Texas with the number of guys they have down there, with Tim Brown still being down there, Cam McDaniel being down there, the presence, the Notre Dame presence, the alumni presence, it's heavy. And so he talked about the importance of that and how uh, it would be important to have a different strategy moving forward. I think that 
um, there's some, you, I think you talk about the legacy program. I think you could have an extension of the legacy program in Dallas. <laughs> Easy. I mean, you got Tim Brown there, you got rocket there. You got, you got the guys and the network to be able to really make a statement in DFW. Um, I think you could do the same thing in Southern California. I think yeah. you can do the same thing in Miami. Um, I think you can have hubs of these, you know, Notre Dame legacy, uh, whatever you want to call them, whether they're dinners, you know, networking events. Um, uh, I mean, they could get really creative with it, man. Like you can, you can do all kinds of stuff. Um, but the, these are the things, these are the marketing strategies and tools and recruiting that you have to consider when you're a nationally recognized program like Notre Dame, because it's different than like, for example, my little brother that goes to SM, SMU, their recruiting strategy is recruit the heck out of Dallas and, yeah. and let everybody know that this is like Dallas is SMU, like they're equivalent. And so you get, you know, there's billboards all over, you know, Dallas now, and they really like started to hone in on, we're just, why are we going in all, to all these other places for talent when there's so much talent in the Metroplex that goes overlooked mm -hmm. and Houston's doing the same thing in Houston right now, which I think is, is really cool. But uh, for Notre Dame to be able to create a presence and have a, a physical footprint, not just a digital footprint. I think there's going to be something like get the digital like stuff for mm -hmm. sure. But the physical footprint of being able to, you know, put on, um, you know, cool recruiting events or whatever. And, uh, in these different cities, I think would be a really cool and unique opportunity and a great recruiting strategy. So that's Cam McDaniel who joined me yesterday talking about recruiting strategies. Uh, I see, um, I see Ty B said, put Cam and Marcus in the same room alone for a few hours. You don't have to worry about that. He's part of the legacy program that Marcus Freeman has started. And they have Zoom calls uh, once a month. And I think from what I'm hearing, that's going to be bumped up to twice a month with former players, Marcus Freeman and the coaches and current players as well. So, yo, great. I think what he said yesterday goes to the point that we're talking about tonight. And Marcus Freeman is doing any and everything. Uh, snippets from his speech with the Mendoza School of Business. Uh, I think it was out there, excerpts of it, and the speech that he shared from the uh, initial Zoom call that Wes Pritchett talked about. There's some excerpts out there, too. I don't know if it's on Watch ND on YouTube. Try to hit some things in the search. I did see a couple of excerpts, and Marcus Freeman is making it known. I am not bigger than the Notre Dame brand. I'm here to help excel and advance the brand. And the brand is you guys. Now that's what touched me. A guy from Ohio State, who's the coach, who has reached out to former players to say, you all are the legacy. I'm not the legacy. I didn't play here. I'm just a guy that has been given the responsibility to watch over this legacy and make sure it stays and grows. But you all are the legacy. You're the ones that bled and sweated for this legacy to stand. I need you to be at the forefront. I need you to be on the sidelines, visible to recruits, 
And for him to say that, it lets you know that he's very well aware of what it's going to take to close the gap and to close big-time recruits and get them to Notre Dame. Like, he understands the true work that it takes because you're not a public school. You are different. There are obstacles that you have to overcome that no other top program has to overcome. So you need to use that legacy. That legacy is one of the most important things. I told you guys yesterday, like I just walked the campus and Cam told the story about his recruiting trip. You know, I'm walking to the stadium to cover the coaches. And instead of parking in the parking lot next to the stadium, I park on the other side and I walk through the campus. It's a magical place. It's a magical place. And why keep that in your back pocket when you're trying to get kids to come? That's not anything to be ashamed of. You know, people try to negative recruit that. Like, oh, Notre Dame's of the past. No, no, no. Notre Dame is and will always be. And it's something that you all don't have, Alabama. Something that you all don't have, Georgia. Something that you all don't have, Clemson. You keep your rock. Keep rubbing your rock. We have a legacy at Notre Dame. And we need to use it. We need to use it. And Marcus Freeman has grabbed a hold to that. He's grabbed the reins. He's bought into it. He's connected himself with Lou Holtz. He sat down at the big table, the big poker table, and recruiting. Nick Saban is looking like, where the hell did you come from? Yeah, Kirby Smart, same thing. Where the hell did you come from? How are you trying to sneak in to the state of Georgia and get Caleb Downs? That's a guy that would have committed to Georgia by now. Now we got to fight you for him. And Marcus Freeman is like, yep. Yep. I raise you what you got. Everything that's going on, man, before you even see this team on the football field, everything's trending in the right direction for the Notre Dame football program. And you have to feel good about that. When you have Tim Brown saying, man, I'm standing outside, we'll call trying to get a ticket to get in the game. This dude is the Heisman Trophy winner. You don't need a ticket? Man, here, walk through the gate. Just walk on the field. You don't even need a pass. You're Tim Brown. We know you. You're Tim Brown. This dude is, no, is, is literally the bookmark of the turnaround at Notre Dame. Tim Brown, Heisman, two years later, a year later, national championship. Like that, that dude is the bookmark for the change in the shift in the culture of Notre Dame. Like, come on, man. And I'm so happy that Marcus Freeman is taking these steps. I really am. And I keep trying to tell you guys, I don't care if you didn't want Marcus Freeman, if you wanted whoever you want, Matt Campbell, Luke Fickle, whatever it is, be happy. Because on so many multiple levels, this program is much healthier than it was three months ago. Trust me on this. We still have to see the product on the field. And that's yet to be determined. The coaches and the players will determine that. They'll determine the outcomes. Trust me when I tell you, the overall health of this program and the overall view of this program from the outside, even from those that don't like Notre Dame, is much better than it was three months ago. So much better. Trust me.
Uh, wonder how EJ Holland got Dante Moore to answer fan questions on Michigan's on three board. Uh, who knows, man? He's been answering answering questions from Malik for like three months. So, uh, you know, the one thing I've learned about these recruits is they are so fickle, man. Like it's the worst thing. Like literally they will talk to you, answer a question, and then they won't answer another question for like a month. They just disappear. Like literally, this recruit I'm talking to now, that's why I had the text while I was doing the show. Like, yo, let me talk to him right now. Why I have him on the line or when he's responding to me? Because I think we had a converse, we were conversing about three weeks ago. And then he just stopped in the middle of the conversation. I asked a question, he never answered it. He literally answered that question that I asked today, three weeks later. And I'm like, oh, okay. Well, hey, let me get one more off while you're looking at your phone. So the world of recruiting, dealing with these kids and social media and their phones and their attention being all over the place is crazy. It's absolutely crazy. I think I hear Mahalia Jackson in the background. No man, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not MLK, bro. <laughs> and I guess that's you saying. Let tell him about the dream, Martin. Tell him about the dream. <laughs> that's what's up, Bronx indie fan. That's what's up, Dr. Carl. What's up? How you doing today? We appreciate you. We appreciate you. We appreciate you. Irish one, I agree with you. Any school in the top 10 every year is not the past. Absolutely. Hey, Matt, Cam's another former player. I think he would be a great. Cam would actually be a fantastic. I can see Cam being, Cam would be great as the director of recruiting. Very business savvy. Great marketing background. And you see that he has strategies how to connect with players. And he's very charismatic. Very charismatic. Like, if you don't follow him on his Twitter page, and we all know that he's a devout Christian, and just the conversation pieces that he puts out there for thought and conversation, you know, absolutely fantastic. Even if you don't agree with everything he says, you know, it is great. It's a great conversation piece. Andre Neely, if you miss on more, look, Bazina's coming. And this is the great thing. Like, the quarterbacks see what is – they see what's happening. The top quarterbacks, they know Notre Dame is on the rise. One of these top quarterbacks is going to choose to come to Notre Dame. We don't know which one it will be yet, but one of the top quarterbacks will be at Notre Dame in the 2023 class and the 2024 class. So we just have to let it play out. And hopefully, you know, if you guys prefer Dante Moore, hopefully you get Dante Moore. For fans out there, I've heard these fans or seen fans say, I prefer Zena. I hope you get your guy. I just want a good quarterback at Notre Dame. I think ND should replace Stanford with the Texas Longhorns on the schedule. 
it would be better for recruiting, in my opinion. Um, I mean, they already have Texas A&M home and home coming up in a couple of years. So the Texas deal, they got done with Texas. What was that? 8, 17, 18? No, 15, 16? Yeah, 16, 17. A&M coming back. So I don't know. I wouldn't want to play Texas like more than a home in a you know home and home series, maybe two, three years at the most. Uh let's just see. I've had to block some users because I don't know what the heck is going on. Some craziness. David Jones, Sean knows it's a long way from September 3rd, but what are you wanting to see the most by the end of spring ball? By the most of spring ball. I'm you know what? Spring ball, I'm really interested in seeing a guy like after 14 practices and training, I'm really interested in seeing who lines up for special teams, punt return. Chris Tyree would be kick return. I'm interested in seeing who's in a competition for punt return. I'm interested in seeing the offensive line and the five that come out. That's going to be very interesting to me. How Harry identifies and then uses his top five. I think they talked about this a little bit on Irish Breakdown today. Like the opportunity for Jared Patterson to actually move the tackle. And if he moves the right tackle and you decide to move Blake Fisher either to left tackle or inside next to Joe Alt and solidify that left side and strengthen that right side and then put Josh Love inside of Jared Patterson, and maybe put Christophic at center. So just the versatility. And Harry Heastan, it might be a kid in the candy shop during these 14 practices leading up to the blue and gold game. So that's going to be something I'll watch. I think the safety situation is pretty much locked and set into stone. And then other than that, linebacker and the young defensive backs. Linebacker and the young defensive backs. And their progression. Ryan Barnes, Philip Riley, Prince Colley, even the early enrollees. You know, are they in the top two? Do we see a true freshman breaking the top two of the rotation for the linebackers and rover positions? Those are some of the things I'll be watching. I think it's going to be a very interesting sprint. Very interesting sprint. Have you heard anything in regards to Patello, whether he'll stay at D-line or move to linebacker? I would like to see him move to linebacker. Jordan, when Jordan came back, I don't know if he was fully healthy because he really didn't impress me when he came back from injury. I just need to see more. I need to see more. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing Maris, possibly outside, Rover. But – I think Jordan, if he can – I would love to see Jordan be able to rush 
and maybe spell and work the opposite side of Foskey with uh, Justin Adamiola and kind of work in tandem with him. But if he, he can't get to the passer consistently, then you leave Nana on that side and then hope that maybe one of your young linebackers can become that other rush linebacker for you. Uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing Jaden Mickey. I agree with you, Bronx Indy fan. I'm definitely looking forward to that. H.H. Sims, yeah, he does. He does. He does. And I'm looking forward to see what he puts together with that offensive line. Larry Callis, hey, Sean, you are indeed have gold carrot cake pancakes. Say hello. What, Larry, what you know about AFGO? Yo, that's my spot, man. I love AFGO. And for those of you guys that you didn't see my Drake Bowen interview, the interview I did with Drake Bowen for Irish Breakdown, um, we <laughs> Drake said he goes there with his family all the time for lunch. And I just shared with him, like, yo, that's one of my favorite spots to eat breakfast. So. If you didn't see that, check it out. Irish one, keep a Florida school on schedule two. Coach Golden in the mix now. Got a lot of ends. Yep. I I agree. I don't know. Hawaii is John. Hawaii's been very, very good to Notre Dame. So if anyone comes from there, they're definitely good. Especially if you can get them by the schools like UCLA, USC, and Utah, who recruit heavily in that area. <laughs> yeah, and that's another thing, Johnny. Along with USC, like this year, Stanford, is the excuse to finish the season on the West Coast. No doubt. No doubt. You know what time it is. It's time to get petty. Oh, we did a good job executing. Are you upset with something? And fire up the Petticoat Junction train. I just don't like you. You don't? No. What is today's petty historic Petty Junction? each and every day featuring a Nora whiskey norwhiskey.com is that premium american whiskey norwhiskey.com uh dude anthony solomon i see your, your chat comment no i was officially done january the 15th of this year i'm my own boss now i am my own boss now it's official so petty junction and you know with everything that's going going on in the world uh 
continue to send your prayers to the Eastern Hemisphere. But one of the pettiest things, man, look, Aaron Rodgers, man, is there a bigger jerk than Aaron Rodgers in this world right now? <laughs> Tybee, what do you say? I was petty for putting the Doc on the petty train. Now, Doc had to go. Doc said Notre Dame's going to be seven and six next year. I had to put him on the petty train. But, uh, yo, Aaron Rodgers, petty train. Um, everybody surrounding, every doctor that's taking care of Derrick Rose up there in New York, petty train. This dude has to have another ankle procedure. Like, what the heck are you all doing? Um, Illinois fans, EJ Liddell, if you watch Illinois Ohio State, it was a great game. I think Illinois was down 16 with five minutes left and closed to within two on two occasions within the last minute after Kofi Coburn, Coburn fouled out with four minutes left, which is he's basically the Big Ten player of the year. Great game. Branham had 30, the freshman. Malachi Branham and um, EJ Liddell, who's an Illinois kid, who won a state championship in Illinois senior year in high school uh, from Edwardsville. Notre Dame, I mean, Illinois fans have let him have it for years because he chose Ohio State over Illinois. But last night was just the things reportedly that were said to him during the game and when he was walking off the court after Ohio State uh, solidified the victory. I'm ashamed to be an alum of the University of Illinois, man. So once again, just we got we have to grow up as fans. We have to grow up as fans and be able to deal with <laughs> kids not choosing to come to your school. Like at some point, let it go and just enjoy the competition. So I have to put the orange crush section for the Illinois fighting line on the petty train. Like you guys. Let me know, Sean Kelly. Uh, Jagasaw is literally, literally, I just wrote a story. It was up on Irish Breakdown. It was posted yesterday about Charles Jagasaw. The kid literally this week is sitting down, getting ready to cut down his list and start his visits. So he'll get to Notre Dame this spring, visit a couple other places, and he knows pretty much who he likes from a relationship standpoint with schools and coaching standpoint. Loves Harry Heastan. So I don't think it's going to take long and he's not going to drag it out. He's going to take his visits and he's the type of kid that if going into a visit, he likes a place already or likes the relationships and his visit is a home run. I wouldn't be shocked if he committed on the spot. He's just that type of kid. Like once he feels the vibe and he says, "That's this is where I want to be. And I think there's a quote that I put in the story, but I can share it from you guys and my conversation I had with him. It was the very last question. And he said, I'm really just looking for somewhere that I have people that I enjoy, that I have people that I enjoy being around. I want to go to a place where even if things aren't going well, I'll still enjoy just being a student there. That's just the type of kid he is. So the glitz and glam won't make a difference to him. He's all about relationship. MWJ, yeah, I'm sorry. No, no, no. 
No, look, man. This goes all the way back to last offseason. Like, this dude is a soap opera. He's a walking soap opera. You don't want to be there. You didn't want to be there last year. You don't want to be there now. Stop dragging this out. Ask for the trade, and you don't have the power. That's what you're mad about. You're trying to get power. You're trying to decide where you want to go. You misplayed it. You misplayed it, my man. You should have just played it out with no hassle, become a free agent, and you would have been good. But you allowed them to lock you in with certain things when you came back last year, and you played yourself. Are we targeting Deuce Robinson? I'm not sure, guinea pig. I think Deuce is Ryan Roberts' guy. But uh, check back. Oh, yeah, Belleville. You're right, Belleville. What did I say, Edwardsville? Did I say Edwardsville? Belleville. <laughs> Iron Shot Town? Exactly. Sounds like he just defined Notre Dame. Absolutely. So, Thank you guys so much for tapping in. Sorry for the delay tonight. As I said before, brought to you by Nora Whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com, Premium American Whiskey at NoraWhiskey.com. We'll see you guys on Monday. More than likely, it'll be Monday at 5.30 p.m. We'll keep this night schedule until practices start on the 17th. And then we may, depending upon how you guys feel, we may go back to the 9 a.m. start. Uh, keep praying for you, my guy, my co-host, Malik, and we'll get a solid plan and when he expects to return. But we'll be back always with more content for you right here. Lucky Lefty. Spin it different.